You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. The Ability to Suffer is the title of this devotion. Jesus said in John 16, he says in verse 33, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, suffering, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. There's nobody, not one human being on this earth that doesn't go through suffering in this life. I mean, just all of us have maybe experienced the pain of grief. I'll not forget that when I was a young boy, oh, I think I was about seven years old, my father had given me a dog for my birthday. And, uh, and, and I lived in the Netherlands and I, his name was Spetter. <laughs> it, 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 anyway, his name was Spetter. And our house was here and there was this road in front of it. And then there was a whole range of houses here and there was another road there. And that road was very busy and quite fast, the traffic on that road. I mean, we're talking 1966, uh, 1967. And, um, but there was plenty of cars in those days. And uh, anyway, I was walking the dog around the block and uh, Spetter, oh, I love that dog. A whole family loved that dog. And, um, and there was cars, I'm walking on the sidewalk here and there was cars parked here and the traffic was coming fast. And I'm walking and the, the leash upon which I had the dog snapped loose at his neck because he was young, so he was pulling and it snapped. And he ran as he got free up to where the cars were parked. And I said, Spetter, Spetter, come, 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 come. And he, of course, couldn't see the cars driving. He, all those cars were parked, so he ran in between the cars and not seeing the cars coming, two cars ran over him. And everybody, of course, stopped right away. And, uh, and I, I mean, my heart about fell out of my chest as a young boy. And, and I, I ran home. I was close by my house. I ran home and I stood there and my father came out and I was, <laughs> I was crying and crying and crying. I said, pa, pa, pa. And my father ran with me and there was Petra on the road, you know, and he picked him up and uh, he took him to the house. And, uh, and, and he had been broken his back, so his back legs were completely paralyzed. And uh, yeah, and he was still alive. He was all still there, but he had no more back legs. They were gone. In other words, he had no blood or anything, but he... And, uh, and it, uh, we had to put him, have him put down. And, and I, I felt pain in the suffering of the loss of that dog. That really affected me. 
And I, I mean, not affected me in a way that it left lasting scars, but, but it was my first experience as a young boy that I can remember of real pain. Now, of course, throughout my life since then, there's been many other times, but you know, it's not possible to live in this life, in this world. But Jesus is looking at you right now and he says, if you're in any pain, in me, did you hear me? In me, you may have peace. The only way to escape the pain is to come to the Lord Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He says in John 14, verse 27, he says, in the, he says, the peace that you will receive through me, you cannot find anywhere on this earth, in this world. But the peace that I will give you will keep you. And so all of us need to know what to do with our suffering. And many, many years ago, I was in the country of Iceland and I've ministered there over many years for a long time. And they told me about this pastor and his wife that lost their little baby boy and that it broke them and that now they were just not going out anywhere and that they were at home. And they had heard how in 1998, Virginia and I had lost our daughter, Gabriella, or in other words, how she went to heaven. And so they said, would you mind to go see them? I said, no, absolutely. So I went to their home and as I walked in the house, I immediately could see what was happening because the dinner table, the, the, where, where they sit around to eat their food, was like a little shrine with dust on it, uh, with the baby shoes and the baby outfits and photos and everything. So I understood what's happening there. What do you mean by that? Well, I understood that they hadn't let go of him. They couldn't let go of him and understand. And uh, I sat down with them and, you know, they weren't saying anything. So I was giving my testimony how the Lord Jesus Christ gave Virginia and I such overwhelming peace when our daughter Gabriella passed away. But I couldn't get through. They couldn't hear me. That was my experience, but not theirs. And, uh, and I could feel it. I couldn't get through the door was shut, you know, there was too much pain there, too much pain. And that door was completely shut by the pain of the suffering. You know, there are sufferings in this life that humans cannot fix. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can fix certain sufferings. And if you know that, then you know what to do when you face certain sufferings. You know how to go to the throne of grace and pray and believe that the Lord Jesus will come. Because I was praying in my heart when I could feel they're not able to hear me. They're, they're not opening the door. There's too much pain here. And I was praying in my heart, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, what am I to say? Please, Lord, we need you. We need you, Jesus. And as I got up to say goodbye, I looked at the wife as I shook her hand. I said, Jesus, I could feel his presence is here with you right now and he's waiting. And when you're ready, you can give your baby boy to him and he will take your boy to heaven together with all the pain you feel and bring healing to the home. And the moment I spoke on Christ's behalf, that peace that I'm talking to you about that comes to help us in our suffering came by the Holy Spirit. And she began to weep and the door opened. And the Lord Jesus took away the pain. You see, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions 
He was bruised for iniquity, and it says he is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. The word sorrow is the word pain. You read this in Isaiah 53, uh, verse 5. And the word uh, griefs is the word sicknesses, or excuse me, the other way around. Griefs is, is, is pain, and, and sorrows is sicknesses. And Jesus, he bore our pain. So he is able to deal with our suffering in a way that nothing else can. Nothing else can. There is no remedy you can find, no alcohol, no drugs, no therapy, but Jesus. Jesus is amazing. And I'm not saying I'm against people having something to help keep them calm some medication or help them in the time that is hard to be able to sleep or other things. I, I, please don't mis, misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not against these things at all, but I just know no matter how much these things, we take them to help us get through, Jesus is the only one. So I want to take you to Revelation chapter 7, please. And I think this is a very important message the Lord has for us today. I think God wants to show you something. If you have had pain in life, if you have had suffering, if you are having suffering now, and maybe your suffering are physical, maybe your sufferings are in your marriage, in your relationship, maybe your suffering are in family. I know that I went through a lot of suffering in my family. When the Lord Jesus called Virginia and, out, Virginia and I out of Holland, and we left on the 20th of February, 1986, and I was misunderstood by my family. Oh, the pain, the pain we went through. But the Lord is the one who became more than sufficient to calm all of that suffering with the presence of His peace or that calming, calming spirit of His presence. Oh, I, I tell you, I live in that every day. It is the only way that holds me steady. Only thing holds me steady. And it gives me the ability to suffer sometimes because you see, sometimes the circumstances don't change either right away, but we do, we do. <laughs> and this is what I want to show you. What is the change that is more important than the, than the end of the suffering? I'll show you right here. Verse nine of Revelations chapter seven. After these things I looked and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white ropes and palm branches in their hands and crying with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the, all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living, four living creatures fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Amen to what? When the multitudes was crying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels and the elders around the throne fell before God and worshiped Him saying, Amen. Blessing, glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, listen closely, 
These are the ones who come out of great tribulation. Who are the ones worshiping and singing with loud voices? Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Are those who have come out of suffering. Out of suffering. Listen now. These are the ones who've come out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in the temple. And He who sits on the throne will dwell among them, and they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. Mm, That's an interesting thought. For the Lamb who sits in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So what is it that is more important than you coming out of your suffering? That in the midst of your suffering, your garments, the appearance of your character and nature is washed white by the blood of the Lamb. You see, sometimes we are asking God, please take away this suffering, take, take away this suffering. And God says, but, but what is more important is that you during this time of suffering come to know the salvation that I give you through Jesus. That you become a transformed person, that you become washed white as snow in the blood of the Lamb, that you can stand before me in the midst of your suffering holy, acceptable, and well-pleasing because of the blood of the Lamb. That you can worship me in spirit and truth because of the blood of the Lamb. Oh, friends, we sometimes highly undervalue what God would work in the time when we are really crushed, bruised, and wounded by the trials of this life. David says in Psalm 51, verse 17, he's crying out earlier in that Psalm saying, Lord, create in me a clean heart and grant me a steadfast spirit and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And then he says in verse 17, the last verse of that beautiful Psalm, he says, Lord, a broken heart and a crushed, contrite spirit, such an offering you will not deny. You see, David understood when you're in the time of suffering, how the Holy Spirit ministers in your your openness of heart towards God, in your brokenness of heart before God, that regeneration power of the Holy Spirit washing you white as snow in the blood, making you holy and acceptable and well-pleasing in His great love. Oh, I feel such an anointing of God for you. Father, I thank you for all those hearing and watching right now that that cleansing flood of your blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins will so flood through their beings right now, washing away every stain of selfishness, self-pity and resentment and upsetness and bitterness and anger and hurt and pain and past failures. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for washing us with the precious blood of Jesus, making us holy, holy in the knowledge of your indwelling life and the indwelling presence, for there's none holy but you, Lord. Thank you for clothing us with garments white as snow. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Would you just take time and look up there, Revelations chapter 7, verse 9 through 17, and meditate on it, and let the Holy Spirit come upon you. Let me close with this one last thought, okay? Because I'm talking to you today about the ability to suffer. Let me close with this one little thought real quick, because I know my time is up. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ cleanse your heart from consciousness of sin so you may serve the living God? And it says there, Who offered himself by the eternal spirit without blemish to God. It's in there. You'll read it. Hebrews 9, verse 14. That spirit that eternal spirit of His holiness by which He offered Himself without blemish to the Father, by which He shed His blood, is the spirit by which He enables you to suffer. That eternal spirit of His holiness. And, and the Apostle Paul is the only one who uses that term in the Bible, the spirit of His holiness. He talks about in Romans 1 verse 4, that He was declared to be the Son of God by the spirit of holiness through the resurrection of the dead. And he talks about it right here in Hebrews, that Jesus offered himself to the Father, not only in the obedience of doing that which was written, but in the nature and spirit by which the Father was made manifest in his suffering. That eternal spirit of his oneness with the Father by which he offered himself, that is the power by which we are cleansed. That is the power of his blood the spirit of His holiness. You see, in Leviticus 11, it talks about that the life of the soul is in the blood. That's why in the Old Testament, they were forbidden to drink the blood. And they had to pour out the blood before they eat the meat of the animal. Why? Because the life was in the blood. The blood was put on the altar as the sacrifice for their sins. And Jesus' blood is eternally powerful and able to completely and perfectly cleanse you inwardly in that time of suffering as you dedicate yourself to the Heavenly Father. And He will perfect you to say, Oh, Father, I'm all yours. All that I am and all that I have is yours, Father. For you give me that all that I, all that I need. My life is in your hand. I'm yours, Father. I'm yours. And this peace comes. This rest comes. This goodness comes of that beautiful self-sacrificial love of Christ to completely make you so at rest in God's presence and so thankful that people look at you and say, how is it possible that you can have such sweet calmness when you're going through what you're going through? And you say, well, that's my Jesus. He lives in me. He's amazing. Amen. Have a good day.